Welcome back, everybody. You're tuned into the Hayden Coker Show. Talking a lot of Auburn football today, some Alabama football, a little bit of Braves talk to wrap it up. Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna start right off. Auburn football. We're gonna go through their schedule, break things down a little bit, see who's gonna beat them, who's not gonna beat them. Cause maybe my mind has changed since since a few months ago, or about a month or a month and a half ago. Whenever I uh whenever I dropped the video, um predicting their schedule. So now I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much going to do that. I'm pretty much, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to pick their schedule. And uh, first up, you got UMass. I think that's a W. And then you have California. Could be a, could be a trap game for Auburn. Um, it, weird things go on in California. <laughs> weird things go on in California. So I, I don't necessarily know how to, and I know nothing about California right now. So, um, I'm gonna go with Auburn. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take the safe pick and go with Auburn. Uh, and then you bounce back. You come back or bounce back. You come back to Auburn, uh, Alabama the next week. You have you have Samford, and then you go to Texas. You go to College Station. You got A and M. It's gonna be a close one because A and M is going to put stuff together this year. I think they're gonna have some things put together, and the, I feel like the team is just going to be finally molded into what maybe not. Everybody was expecting them to be last year, but I do think that this team can be better than five and seven to end the year. Um, uh, they had a good they had a good win last year to to end end things versus LSU. Um, and when you get a when you get a win versus one of the better teams in the country like LSU was last year, it really boosts you a lot. So and coming into this year, Texas A and M has got to be feeling themselves not only from that win last year against LSU, but You've got some. You got some key pieces working. Okay, so you have Connor Wigman coming back. You have Moose Muhammad at wide receiver. You have Stewart at wide receiver. You have these guys who can give you some offensive firepower. Then you have a top defense as well. You have you lose some key corners. You lose some key pieces, but you gain as well because you have some players coming back. Uh, you have you have a solid D line. This Texas A&M team, I don't know what that sound was, but I'm just going to ignore it. Um, but you have some key pieces coming back, and I think this Texas A&M team can be really good or they can be really bad. And, uh, so we'll see. We'll see come uh, October uh, how they're doing. But uh, back to Auburn, bringing it back. Um, this is going to be a close game. I think Auburn actually goes into College Station and gets the W. And then you have – Georgia, but it's in Jordanaire Stadium, so that you have a little bit of leeway there. It is in Jordanaire Stadium, but th guys, this is still the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia is going to be Georgia. I'm, I'm going with the Bulldogs. Um, I, I, I haven't, I don't have anything else that can change my mind. Um, so I, I'm taking, I'm taking Auburn, or excuse me, I'm taking Georgia there. Then you go to Death Valley. Uh, last time you played in De in Death Valley at LSU, you got your first win in Death Valley in almost twenty in what was it twenty two years. So you have you have a, you have some momentum coming into this game, and you really should have beat LSU last year. If you look at that game, it really fires you up if you're Auburn because you had the game in the palm of your hands, and then you give up a seventeen point lead, and just like that. So it 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 sucked for Auburn last year, but guess what? It's a new year, and you're going down to LSU. But LSU is going to be too good this year. You're going to lose your second game of the season. Uh, you you start off the season with wins against UMass, uh, California, Sanford, and A&M. You start off the season 4-0. You drop the next two. You drop Georgia and LSU. Now you're 4-2. How are you going to respond? You have Ole Miss at home. 
This is going to be a tough one because in my in my opinion, I'm not too sure if you get both Mississippi State. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you get both Mississippi teams. I think you drop Ole Miss. That's three straight. So you drop three straight if you're Auburn. Three straight if you're Auburn. You come back. You're still at Jordan Air. You have Mississippi State. The Bulldogs come in. They've got a new head coach in Zach Arnett. Rest in peace to Coach Mike Leach. That's a terrible situation, and I hate it. But I don't think that Mississippi State is going to be – I'll say this. I don't think that they're going to be great this year um, by any means. I think they're going to be fighting for that sixth spot in the SEC West, whether it's Auburn, Arkansas, uh, Mississippi State, or whoever else. Um I feel like they're going to be fighting for that sixth spot. They're going to be fighting to try not to be last in the SEC West. Um, so it's going to be close, uh, but I don't think that Mississippi State is going to be able to pull that one off. I think Auburn uh, ends up pulling away in the end. Um, then you go to Nashville. You have Vandy. Dandy Vandy. And this this game can get tricky because if you're Auburn, you're you're go- I feel like you're going to be a better you're going to be a better team uh, going into this game or going into this year than last year. Uh, this you get to the the ninth tenth game of the year, uh, eighth game of the year you have Vanderbilt and th- this this is a Vanderbilt team that has gotten better over the years. They still have a way to go, but Clark Lee, in my opinion, has this program going in the right direction. So I'm not just going to sit here and dog on Vanderbilt because I think that Vanderbilt has a chance to be really good. So that is a swing game for Auburn and Mop or be a swing game for Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt can pull off an upset here. Uh, depending on how the season goes, it Auburn could absolutely mess the bed and Vanderbilt be favored in this game. <laughs> but as of now, I have Auburn favored in this game. Um, but I think I think Vanderbilt challenges them a little bit. I do think Auburn wins the game, but I think Vandy challenges. And that is an important thing. That's important because with you see how Vanderbilt came, how far Vanderbilt came uh, from two years ago to last year. Not only did they get better, but well, I said they got better. They they have they have a lot of stuff on offense. So if you look at AJ Swan, last year you had uh uh oh man Mike Wright. There you go. You had Mike Wright, and he come he comes in. He's playing very very solid. And then you have AJ Swan who's playing sometimes. You know Mike Wright due to injuries. Whether it's AJ Swan this year, it's AJ Swan because uh, Wright transferred out and into Mississippi State. Um, which is probably the best move for his future, anyways. But you have a you have a decent quarterback in AJ Swan, who comes in this year, and guys, he's going to be good. And there's a wide receiver for Vanderbilt. For Vanderbilt, oh, I cannot remember his name, um, but I, I forget his name. It, it just off the top of my head, I can't I can't name his name. Um, but this is this is a Vanderbilt team that can make some noise, and with with Vanderbilt this year, it's it's going to take a jump. To to impress me. Now, when I say impress me, I think that Vanderbilt gets six wins. I genuinely do. I think that they beat out Missouri for uh for for sixth in the SEC East. Um, that's about as far as I'll go with Vandy is six wins in a bowl game. Um, I, I just can't trust myself to to I just can't trust Vandy to to do better than that. But like I said, this is Clark Lee's second year. I think that he can do some good things. So. Um, Auburn gets a win there. You you're five and three on the year. Um, Auburn gets a win there. You're you're excuse me. You're five and three on the year or six and three on the year. Then you have Arkansas in uh in Arkansas. So this is going to be a close one. There's a lot a lot a lot a lot of talk going around uh, Arkansas. 
Um, you have KJ Jefferson, who is obviously a phenomenal quarterback. Um, Rocket Sanders, phenomenal running back. I look at this team and I just do not know what to make of it because their defense last year was not good. Their defense the year before was not good. Their defense this year, after losing Slusher and another key safety as well, is just not going to be good. Um, so I, I I don't know how to take this team. Um, this defense could be very very bad or it could be improved somehow. It, somehow I don't know. You have a you have a DB. You're one of your best DBs transferring to Colorado, and then you have one of your best DBs transferring to Texas. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But I just do not see Arkansas being any better than they were last year, and possibly even worse. So I'm going to take Auburn again. So Auburn, right now you have three lo- you have three losses, and Arkansas was that swing game for me that that boosted them to four. Um, with the losses so far being to Georgia, LSU, and Ole Miss, you get a win late in the season against Mississippi State, Vandy, Arkansas, and now you have New Mexico State. I'm going to put you down as a win there, and you come to Auburn, back to the Plains, and you play none other than the Alabama Crimson Tide. And this game, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be something else this year. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an Auburn fan. I'm saying that because of the history of what the Iron Bowl has been in Jordan-Air Stadium. Now, back in the early 2000s, you had some some bad some bad uh, losses from Auburn. You had uh, going into 2000, early 2000, or excuse me, late 2000s, early into 2010, uh, you had some good wins. You went to Tuscaloosa and you won. Last time that was also the last time you won in Tuscaloosa. So it's been a while since you've won in Tuscaloosa. But if you look at the past from Jordan uh, of the games in Jordan Hare. It's 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 interesting. You have got games that have been close when they shouldn't have been close. You have the 2009 game um, where you know you bar- you lose on the last second touchdown or final minute touchdown, and then you have 2008 where you get absolutely blown out. So it's it's rough, guys. It's rough, and the the, the history of this game in Jordan Air though is special, and it is and it is intensifying. By the by, the year just because of well the firing of Brian Harson, but also the hiring of Hugh Freeze, so it gets interesting. I think Auburn drops this game, that is up for speculation later on into the season because we will have to see how the two teams are looking. But I have Alabama winning winning this game and Auburn finishing with an eight and four record at best. That is the best I see them doing. Now, if they somehow beat uh, Ole Miss. Then that is great for them. It, uh, but then again, you have games that are are up in the air. Auburn versus Texas A&M. That one's going to be a tough one to decide. You have Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Arkansas. These are all games that could go in the opposite direction. So it's just it's just something I look at, and the more and more I think about it, it changes. That's why a month ago when I had when I did my live. Uh, on the Hayden Coker Show Facebook page, which which by the way you can go so you can go like and follow that page if you want to. <laughs> um, that's why my mind has changed, and that my mind has changed on what I've said about uh, LSU, um, Alabama. I, I think that Alabama is still well. I, I say changed. I think that Alabama is still an eleven one team. Now, who is that loss going to be? Is it going to be LSU or is somebody going to sneak up on them? So it, it's going to be interesting to see. But for right now, I've got Auburn at eight and four. Uh, a month ago, I had him at seven and five. So a month from now, it could be six and six, or it could be seven and five again. But 
that is just personal me personally what I have. Um, but you've got now I want to swap over to Alabama's schedule. Now this is this is where it gets interesting because the schedule for Alabama, I won't say it lean to, leans towards them because this is a pretty pretty tough schedule for Alabama because you look at it you've got a uh, And M on the road you've got uh, Tennessee at home LSU at home. You have Auburn on the road, Kentucky on the road. That is one that could be, that could be uh, controversial. Um, Ole Miss, you have them at home this year. Uh, South Florida on the road, Texas at home though. So it it gets difficult. But what I'm mainly concerned about is going to be uh, those key games, you, like Texas, um, LSU, Auburn, uh, which is in Jordan Hare. That's why I say that right now, anyways. Tennessee, Arkansas. How's Arkansas going to look? We don't know. Mississippi State, the South Floridas of the world, who can make some noise if needed, but maybe probably not. Just in my in my opinion. Um, but one thing about this year for Texas and Alabama, Texas and Alabama is going to be played at six o'clock instead of the big noon kickoff. So that is interesting as well. Now I'm very curious to see how that game goes because that is going to be a toss up. But it's going to be fun to watch. And what I'm about is games that are fun to watch. Now, I don't, I don't like going to the, to the games Auburn versus Middle Tennessee, Alabama versus Middle Tennessee. I don't like going to the Auburns versus Sanford or the Auburn. But no disrespect to Sanford. That's an in-state school. Um, the Auburns and the New Mexico States. It, there's no disrespect there. But I'd just rather not go to those games because odds are, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a blowout. And I'm not just saying that because of the lesser team, but that's just how it goes. And that's – I'm sorry, but that is, it just is what it is. Um, so that's, that's my take there. And one more schedule I'm going to touch on after this is going to be Florida's. But I'm going to go ahead and start off with Alabama's. Uh, you have Middle Tennessee coming into town week one, September 2nd at 6.30 p.m. You win that game. Then you have Texas. This is going to be a tough game. This is going to be a tough one. Two, or a month ago, I, I might have said that Bama was a two-loss team. Maybe Bama was a one-loss team. I, I just don't know. And the thing is, you have LSU coming to Bryant-Denny. God, my, my throat's getting a little dry. You have LSU coming to Bryant-Denny. Then you have the Texas Longhorns coming to Bryant-Denny as well. So two of your biggest games of the season are going to be at your home field. That is huge for Alabama. Because if you look at last year, everybody thought that Alabama was going to run Texas off the field. Because Texas was not a great football team. But Texas played them. And Texas played them hard. And Alabama, I don't think, was necessarily ready for the environment. And that 11 o'clock kickoff, playing a very tough Texas team, which we didn't think was going to be at the time, ended up almost not going their way. So... This year it's different. You come into Bryant-Denny Stadium. I don't think that Bryant-Denny Stadium's Stadium is one of those stadiums that just strikes fear into opponents. Um, you've had the past of you win a lot in Bryant-Denny, Bryant-Denny Stadium, but you win a lot anyways. So it's it's not necessarily Bryant-Denny that to me that scares teams. It is Alabama in general. I don't think Texas is going to be scared of this team this year. And my reason why, look at what happened last year. It, uh, a lot of people were talking down on Texas, saying, oh, Alabama's going to win this game by two, three touchdowns. That didn't happen. Alabama beat them by a point. So 
Texas does not fear Alabama. I promise you, they are not fearing coming into Bryant Denny Stadium this year. If anything, they're excited because you come into Alabama, and then next year you're going to be coming into the SEC and playing more and more and more SEC teams. At least eight, maybe even possibly nine a year because I know that's going to be brought up in the future. So I'm going to go with the Longhorns, and I'm sorry, Alabama fans, but I'm going with Al- I'm going with Texas. And so I have you at one and one. Then you go to South Florida. You go all the way down to the other end of Florida, and you beat the living daylights out of the South Florida Bulls. And you start out two and one. You come back home. You have Ole Miss at home. Lane Kiffin and the Fighting Sharks, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> the Land Sharks, baby. It doesn't go the Land Sharks way. It doesn't go the Ole Miss Rebels way. Alabama's three and one. Then you have Mississippi State. You go to Starkville, Mississippi. You win that game. Sorry, Gavin Hare. I know you're listening. Well, maybe you're listening, but I'm sorry to you. Alabama versus Texas A&M. Well, excuse me. Alabama at Texas A&M the following week. So you're 4-1 and one right now. You have wins against Mid-Tennessee, South Florida, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. You're 4-1 and one with that only loss coming to Texas. You go back. You go to the state of Texas. Unlike last year, it's not the Longhorns. This time, it's A&M Aggies. You win that game in Kyle Field. Jimbo Fisher is going to have his hands full with that Alabama team. You're great on the offensive line. You're great on the defensive line. They're great on the defensive line. So you're not Texas A&M is not going to have much much leeway. I don't think that they're going to get ever be able to gain enough momentum to be able to do anything against Alabama. But we've seen in years past this Texas A&M team comes to play whenever they play Nick Saban. So. It could go either way, but I'm going to go with Alabama. I think the Alabama wins by two touchdowns in that game. Then you go back home, and you have the Fighting Hogs of Arkansas. I think you win that game. Now you're 6-1. and one. You have Tennessee. And what a game this is going to be in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Joe Milton is going to be playing absolutely out of his mind all year, in my opinion. I think it ends up in New York at the end of the year. But can Tennessee go into Bryant-Denny Stadium and knock off a very good Alabama team? And the answer is no. The answer is going to be no this year. Um, Tennessee, I know you're going to be good. I think Tennessee's probably going to end up at 9-3 and three around the end of the season. But I don't think that they're going to be able to get Alabama. And then you look at, so rolling on to the next week, you have a, another, well, not not another, a sort of, sort of orange. It's a yellow team, yellow and purple. You have LSU coming into Bryant-Denny Stadium. You win that game. So you're 11-1 right now. Now, later on is where it gets interesting. And this is why I say this. You come off a hot win against LSU, and next week you have a game against Kentucky in Lexington. This is – and Lex, – Lexington, excuse me. And this is where it gets difficult because not a lot of people are on the same page with me when it comes to this game. But playing Kentucky in Kentucky – and this is, this is a Wildcat team that is going to be completely different from last year, by the way. Your offensive line should be better. Your defense is going to be better. It, uh, guys. Th- I mean, they took they took the guy with six fingers to media day. <laughs> I mean, I think I want to focus on Kentucky. Kentucky could be very good. Kentucky could be very very good. But I want to see it first. I want to see it. I want to see Devin Leary. I want to see him be accurate. I want to see him to have that pocket presence, to know where he's at in the pocket, to know if there's somebody coming off the edge and attacking his blind side. I want to see Devin Leary firing on all cylinders this year before I say anything too much about the Kentucky Wildcats. But 
I think this is a game that could be a trap for Alabama, but for now, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. So now, guess what, Alabama? You're what? You're 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 not in one right now. You're not in one. You, then you have, then you have back home. You head back home to Tuscaloosa, and you have the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. So you play Chat, and you beat them, obviously. In my humbling opinion, like how could I ever say that Alabama beats a team outright like Tennessee Chattanooga? Tennessee Chattanooga is not there. Sorry. So Alabama, you're ten and one, going into the Iron Bowl in Jordan Air Stadium. It gets interesting. But not too interesting. Alabama wins this game, and I think they probably win it by around 10 to 14, to anywhere from 10 to 17 points. We'll go ahead and say that. And I think you secure a spot in a New York Six game, uh, a New Year's Six game, and with pot with the possibility of a college football playoff because you still have that one loss, and you still have the SEC championship to play, which, in my opinion, is going to be against Georgia. So it's going to be interesting. But depending on how interesting. We will talk about that uh, later down the road, um, but I just don't see it. I just don't see Auburn beating right now. Anyways, I don't see um, Auburn beating Alabama. Alabama's got some got some key pieces. They're going to be very difficult for teams to overcome. You got the one of the best. You got one of the best DBs in the country, guys. Kool Aid McKinstry. You saw him. He went. Up, he went up to media days, rocking the rocking the Kool Aid chain. You had J C Latham, who is an absolute monster of a man. I mean, this dude is built like a freaking mountain. And I'm not talking about the Grand Tetons because everybody knows what the Grand Tetons really stands for. All right, let's talk about it in French. Talk about it another time. Okay, I'm not going into that. And if you want to behind the screen, go ahead. But I'm not. I'm not gonna do that right here, right now. Um, you've got running back. I mean, come on. You've got Jace McClellan. McClellan was a key piece last year. You backed up uh, You backed up Jameer Gibbs. Even in that Texas game, when, Jam- when Jameer Gibbs was not having a great game, and obviously this is the beginning of the season, but guess who came in and made an impact? It was Jace McClellan. McClellan had that long, the long touchdown run on the first tour of the game for Alabama last year. And people just want to not look at Jace McClellan. He's one of the best backs in the SEC. I mean, come on. And that's just to name a few guys on Alabama's team. But, I mean, people don't realize that this this Alabama team is still going to be very, very good. And I don't understand why people are not are not looking at that. Like, it, you have, oh, well, people are falling asleep on Saban. Saban, he's lost touch. I don't, guys, I don't think so. And I, I don't think he's a saving from five to seven years ago. But, guys, this is – we've got to think. This is an aging dude, and he has lost very little. The dude is still firing on, on all, all cylinders for the most part. Um, now, I don't, I don't know how things are outside of football. That's not for me to comment on because I have no clue who the guy is. I know him as Alabama's football coach. But other than that, guys, it doesn't look like he's lost much. Um, you can argue with whoever you want, argue with uh, a brick wall at your house, but that's just where I stand. That's just where I stand. Now I want to move on to Florida, and these are the only three teams I want to do today because my mind on Florida has shifted. Where I had a 5-7 and seven Florida team last time, can it change to a 6-6 six and six or maybe a, maybe even a 7-5 and five team Let's start it out. You have Miami to kick off the year. I think you win that game, but it's going to be close. Don't get me wrong. I think you win that game, but it's going to be close. Tyler Van Dyke and that Miami Hurricanes team are going to be good, and they're going to challenge you a lot. 
but I think Florida ends up eventually pulling away. Um, and by the way, this is this is uh, not week one. By the way, um, this is tw- this is the twenty four. I don't know why I'm looking at the twenty twenty four schedule. I was wondering what was going on. But anyways, so you have the 2023 schedule, and you start off the year with Utah. Utah is a hard team to beat. Sorry about that last part, guys. Just ignore that. Um, Utah is a hard team to beat. Utah is always a hard team to beat. Uh, for whatever reason, they're good. And I say for whatever reason, you've got a really good coach, and you have a really good recruiting team who is putting together these pieces. Cam Rising, guys, is phenomenal. And I don't think people really realize that, but it is what it is. Um, and people just, in my opinion, I think people need to start looking at him more and looking at him possibly. Not, I'm not saying he's going to, I'm not saying he's going to go all the way to New York at the end of the year, but he's dang good, man. I mean, I, I just don't understand why people overlook him and I'll never understand that, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, Utah's going to be a tough team to beat. I think you dropped that game. So you start off the year 0-1. That's fine. You bounce back the next week. You have McNeese State. So now you're one and one, and you have a tough Tennessee team at home. Now could Florida, could Florida beat this team? Yes, it's in the swamp, and anything can happen in the swamp. Everybody knows that. But I think you drop that game. You fall to one and two. Then you have Charlotte at home. You go to two and two. Now here's here's an interesting game. Florida and Kentucky. You're playing in Lexington. I imagine this game is probably going to be played at uh, maybe on CBS, depending on what all games are, what all other games are played that week. But it's going to be interesting because in Lexington, if you're playing in Lexington at night, it's it's dope. It is you're going to have a hard time. If you're playing in Lexington at all, and Kentucky has a somewhat decent team, it is going to be tough to play there. Um, so I'm going to go with Kentucky, but. Do not sleep on Florida in this game because you have a fantastic wide receiver in Ricky Pearsall who, baby, he is shifty. He is shifty. I'll say that. He's, he, he, can, he can run around. He can run around. He can catch the ball. He just doesn't have Anthony Richardson throwing him the ball this year. So I, what's it going to be? I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going with a 2-3 two and, two and three Florida team with the loss to Kentucky heading into a week at home versus Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt could be a very tricky game, but I'm going to give you the win. You're going to go to three and three. Then you have South Carolina at South Carolina, and this is a this is a game I think you get. You finally get above. You finally get above 500 on the year. You beat South Carolina, and then the dogs come barking. The dogs will be barking in Jacksonville, Florida this year. You drop to four and four. Then you have an Arkansas team who. Is full of question marks. I think you win that game, you go five and four. Now, earlier in last month, I had this team sitting right at five and seven. With a win against Arkansas, you jumped to six and five. Then you played. What am I talking about? I'm sorry. With a loss against Georgia, you dropped to five and five. Then you have Arkansas. Six and I just completely screwed that up. Um, you win against you win against Georgia. You lo- excuse me. No, Florida loses against Georgia. You win against Arkansas. Tough game. Watch out for it. Then you have LSU at home. You drop that game. Then you have Florida versus Missouri, which could be a trick game for Florida. I think you win that game because I think Missouri is going to be the worst team in the SEC East next year, and I think Eli Drinkwitz is probably not going to be probably not going to see SEC media days next year. 
He probably won't even see Christmas in Missouri. Let's be completely honest with you. Um, but I don't think that Drinkwitz can bring this Florida team to a W. So I'm going with Florida, and then you lose against Florida State to cap off the year. And you finish the year 6-6. Six and six. So Florida, I had you at 5-7 and seven a month ago. Now you're bowl eligible and probably going to play Probably going to play against a team like uh, hopefully not as good as Oregon State last year. Um, but anything can happen. If you play a bad team, maybe a team not as good, another 6-6 six, another six and six team uh, in the – in the postseason next year in a bowl game, maybe you win that game. But, I mean, I think you kind of got thrown to the Wolves last year. You had Jack Miller come in and play quarterback because Anthony Richardson had opted out. Um, so you kind of got thrown to the Wolves there. <laughs> I will say that. So I, I won't hold that against you. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you go 6-6 six and six this year if you're the Gators. Um, now, if, if, now, if something happens, maybe you drop a game, maybe you win a different game, and you improve the seven and five. I don't see seven and five. I think six and six is an absolute high for Florida. Maybe seven and five, possibly, but it'd be very, very, very hard to get. Um, so I'm going with the six and six Florida team. I'm going with the six and six Florida team heading in to 2024. That is how they'll be, in my humbling opinion. Um, but now we've got a little football talk under our sleeves. It, uh, guys, I love football. Football is my favorite sport. College football is my favorite sport to cover. It uh, along with NFL, I love to cover the NFL. I love to cover some high school football, not as much as college and NFL, but I like it all right. But now you have it's major league baseball. It's major league baseball time, baby. And you had you just came off the All Star break, and I I just have to. I'm just gonna transition quick. We're gonna talk a little bit of Braves baseball, and I hope everybody here is fine with that. Because I know I have some listeners who are big Braves fans. And me personally, I'm a big Braves fan. Um, I try not to show any bias. I think I do a very good job of that. But I'm a, I'm a big Braves fan. Um, co- coming out of the All-Star break, you don't really start off uh, well. Now, the first game you did well. Uh, Matt Olson opened up the, the first inning with a grand slam and put it up 4 nothing, And then you're going to win that game against the White Sox. Then you drop the next two. And uh, so that that's not great. Uh, Louis... Lewis Robert Jr. walks off a game. Not great if you're the Braves. So you drop that series to the White Sox. And then you come back and you lose a series against the Diamondbacks. You lose the first game 16-13. to And then you lose last night, which was not as many runs. But talk about the first game. I mean, you lose a game 16-13. to I don't know what happened to the pitching. I don't know what happened to Bryce Elder. But but it just did not go his way. It um now obviously he didn't give up all thirteen runs. Now I'm not crazy. I know that. Um, but just to even think that there was twenty nine runs combined scored in an MLB game, and it wasn't a blowout. This was a close game all the way. You had it going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But then the Diamondbacks would eventually go and win that game. Now you had this game today, which was a day game. And I work at Chick-fil-A. Um, I saw a bunch of people coming through the through the drive-thru, uh, coming to get carryout orders, and they were going to the Braves game. They had their Braves gear on, and I got to talk to a few people, some people sitting out uh, so, sitting out in the outfield in Section 300, um, or some people sitting in the top, uh, in the upper deck. So 
there there was a there was an abundance of people or wherever section three hundred is. I don't think I think that's actually in the upper upper deck somewhere. I don't know. But anyways, my point is, is that it was really cool to get to see everybody going to the game. And well, it was a day game. It started at twelve. Um, you win the game. You you start out with a with a solo home run by Orlando Arcia, and then you then you follow. Uh, you had Austin Riley who put you on top. You had uh, Matt Olson hit two home runs today. So it was a good game. You almost lose it. You had the Diamondbacks eventually go up to what was it three to one, four to one at one point, and then, but you had some offensive. You had some offensive firepower. And that is what the Braves have been going off of all year. Pitching has not, well, pitching has been great for them, but it's not been what they're known for this year. Now, everybody knows that the Braves are known for their big bats this year. And that is what is so intriguing to me about this team because this is one of the best, this is one of the best hitting teams I've ever seen. And, of course, I have not gotten to live longer than 21 years on this earth, uh, 21 years and some change, but... I do, I do think that that is one of the best. This is one of the best hitting teams I have ever seen, and that or that anybody's ever witnessed. So, the Braves are going to be fine. Uh, obviously, you drop a few games. Uh, you're sixty-one and thirty-two. Um, now, here's the question: You go into tomorrow. Um, you go into tomorrow, and you have the Brewers, and you play them in Milwaukee. It's going to be interesting because this Brewers team is not bad. This is this is a not a bad Brewers team. Um, you have a Brewers team that is sitting right now first in the NL Central. It, uh, them and the Cincinnati Rebs are flip-flopping right now. And then you have uh, the Chicago Cubs coming at number three, and then the Cardinals at number four, and then the Pirates who have just had a colossal fallout. And Craig, Craig Cameron, I'm sorry if you're listening to me, but you guys stink this year, man. <laughs> I hope you're listening right now because the crap you gave me when they were absolutely on fire at the beginning of the year, having the best record in the NL, I hope you hear me, and I, I hope you are mad right now. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it, um, But uh, you have the Pirates who are sitting at the bottom of the barrel <laughs> in the NL Central. Um, then you have the NL West who's, who's – uh, it's going to be a two two team race um, between the Dodgers and the and the Diamondbacks, but you also have the Giants who are tied for second place right now with the Diamondbacks. So, you know, what's the Diamondbacks in first place? But uh, back back to the Braves schedule. You're gonna go. You're gonna go tomorrow. You're gonna to play against the uh, Milwaukee Brewers in Milwaukee, so it's, which is a is it's a pretty stadium, but I don't like how I don't like the shadow that's. There's always a shadow there, and I don't know why that. I don't know how the sun is up there, but it's, there's always a shadow over that stadium. It, it seems like, anyways. But uh, I, know, I know they play. Uh, is it closed every now and then? It may be closed. I don't know. Forgive my stupidity. <laughs> but uh, you have a 62 and 33 Braves baseball team this year, which is, by the way, this is by far the best record that the Atlanta Braves had have had in years. So. With with how everything is playing out, it's in the Braves' favor. You're number one in the NL East. You're probably going to be number one in the NL East at the end of the year. You have a ten and a half game lead over the uh, the Phillies and the Marlins, who are both tied for second. And then you have none other than the Mets, tied or uh, not tied, but they're in fourth place right now. And then you have the Nationals, who are just at the bottom of the barrel. But um, you've got some you've got some different things going on in the major leagues right now. You had uh, Clayton Kershaw go to the IL right before the All Star break. Uh, Mike Trout went to the IL right before the All Star break. So you've had some guys get injured, but 
it's it's not like that the whole world is injured. Now we have had that in years past, and that's what sucks about injuries because you have people injured and you have people out for a significant amount of time. Now the thing with Mike Trout, he he's going to be out. Well, at the time of his injury, was going to be out from anywhere between four to eight weeks. I don't know his timeline now. I wish I did, um, but you know we'll see we'll see how that goes over time. Um, and now my phone is making racket. Um, but <laughs> you had a few weeks ago what I thought was funny. It um there was a PA announcer I forgot who the Braves were playing, but just completely butchered RC's RC's name. And by the way, that I I'm giving copyright claims to the to the people who who played this video. But I just want to. <laughs> now, now, if anybody heard that, now if anybody heard that, now batting for the, for the Atlanta Braves at shortstop, Orlando Orlando R R, <laughs> he just completely butchered it. It <laughs> it oh man that that is what I had planned earlier that that went out uh, over the air sooner that I did well say over the air this is being pre recorded but this is a podcast I like to keep my stuff raw for y'all uh, to see. I want you guys to see my mess ups. I want you guys to see that I'm not perfect, which everybody knows that by now. Um, but just just the fact that you get his name wrong that bad, it I, I don't know. I mean, you can even work his last name into a home run. Oh, uh, and that's a home run for Orlando. R. See you later. I mean, you can work it in anywhere. You hear uh, Brandon Gone working in all the time over the Braves broadcast. So you mess it up. But it is what it is. Oh, well. Um, that is pretty much all I have for everybody today. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to the Hayden Coker Show. This has been the Hayden Coker Show, and I will see you guys next time. Thank you, everybody. Take care. And I will let you guys know about certain episodes moving forward. Keep in touch. By the way, I have a new I have a new Facebook page, uh, a business page. It is called the Hayden Coker Show on Facebook. If you would like... Go over, like, and follow. I would love to see you comment on some of the posts. Share some posts. I would love it. Thank you guys for everything that y'all do. Y'all have a nice day and peace.